Good morning, everybody. I actually feel a little nervous this morning. I think the last time I was up here, there was maybe about 20 people staring at me. <laughs> There's a lot more. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Um, anyway, this word that I've been asked to share with you this morning, I was actually asked to share way back in February. However, two days before I was due to speak, I got COVID. Now, I am a firm believer that God's timing is absolutely perfect. Yes? I'm also a firm believer that God never gives stale bread to his children. Do you know, when the Israelites were in the wilderness every morning, they had manna for breakfast day after day after day. But do you know, every morning that manna was fresh. Every morning that manna was new. So although the foundations of this word are the same, God and I have had a little talk and some of the content has changed slightly because it's been freshened, it's been renewed. Because God's word is an ever-changing challenging word. It goes with us, it grows with us, it challenges us, it speaks to us, and it always, always returns to him. Not void, but absolutely spot on the mark for where it's meant to be at the right time and at the appointed time. Okay? So with that in mind, if you have your Bibles with you, this morning I'm going to be reading from Genesis 12, chapter 1 and verse 6, and I'm reading it from the Message Bible this morning which says this, God told Abram, leave your country, your family, your father's home for a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make you famous and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, those who curse you I'll curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left just as God said and Lot left with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Hope I said that right. Abram took his wife Sarai and nephew Lot with him, along with all the possessions and people that they gotten in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and arrived safe and sound. Now, way back in February, this message was entitled Safe and Sound, but one of the things that's changed is the title. And it's now entitled Grow Like Jesus. And this morning, I don't know if you are aware, but as a church, we are on a little journey. And I need to quote that straight from my notes because I've been practicing it all week and it's a tongue twister. It is a journey of enlarging, stretching, lengthening, and strengthening. No idea how long I practiced that sentence. Phew. But that is taken from our church verse for the year, which is Isaiah 54 verse 2, which says, enlarge the place of your tent Stretch the tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And this morning as we think about that journey as we're going on, I want us to think about two things. Firstly, I want us to think about who are you taking on this journey with you? Okay? When God told Abraham go, he just didn't pack up and say cheerio and he took off on his own, as the picture predicts. He took some people with him. Firstly, he looked at his family and he took members from his family. He took his wife, Sarai, and he took his nephew, Lot. Secondly, he took all the people, all his, his servants, his workers, everyone that he had in his little community, he took with them. So this morning, I'm asking you to think about who are you taking on this journey with us? Who is it in your family that you need to invite? Who is it in your hearing, in your workplace, at your gym, at your college, at your university? Who is it do you need to invite to come along with us? 
And the second thing I want us to think about this morning is how do we get there? How do we arrive safe and sound at the other end? You see, this is a a journey of growth. So how do we grow ourselves? And how do we grow the people that we're inviting to come? The New Living Bible account of Isaiah 54 says this, Enlarge the house, build an addition, spare no expense. Sorry, Claire, we need the checkbook. For soon you will be bursting at the seams. Do you know, I've already said that the last time I spoke, there was only a few chairs jotted about here and there and a few people, but already these chairs are filling up. And that's great. Do you know, I I don't think Louise is here today. I was going to ask her permission to share this. Hope she doesn't mind. But a few weeks ago on our She Is chat, Louise put up, um, and I'm going to try and find her quote, I no longer feel like a welcome guest who's visiting. I feel like I'm part of the family. Do you know, this is the whole point of this journey that we're on. First and foremost, it's about your personal growth. Jesus wants you to grow. He said to Abram, I am going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you famous. That's personal. And God wants to grow you personally. He wants to grow his relationship with you. It says of you, Jesus says of you guys, that you would do greater things in this world than he ever did. But that comes from that personal relationship, that personal growth that we have with him. See, he said him and the Father were one. And he wants that same relationship with you. He wants you and the Father, him and the Father, you and him, to be like that. It's a personal growth. He wants to bless you where you are, in your family, in your circumstance. God has a blessing for you. It is a personal thing. But, but, it's also about growing others. You know, it's about growing this house that we are in. It's about expanding that family, as Louise says. I now feel like I'm part of this family. Do you know, he took people with him. And we need to start thinking about those people in our life. We want to be bursting at the seams. The Message Bible puts it this way. Harry, where are you? This is where you come in. We've got to clear the ground, the message says. It says, clear lots of ground for those tents. Make those tents large, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive those tent pens deep because we're going to need lots of elbow room for our growing family. Okay, we're going to grow our family. That is the whole point of the journey that we are on. And not just grow the family here, but as Pastor Dave reminded us last week, we are growing the family wider. We're thinking out of this church. We're thinking out with that. We're going wider. Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are growing God's extended family. That is the point of the journey that we are on. Do you know what it says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 19? And I like this from the Passion version, it says the entire universe is standing on tippy toe right now, yearning, yearning for the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Do you know, this week I was driving home from work on Friday, actually, and there was a a news report came on um, the radio. 
And it says this, I just had to can I quickly go home and, and write, the, uh, write it down. Wait, I find where it is. It says, Christians are being asked to encourage, are being encouraged to speak out about their faith. After a new survey found that fewer people in the UK know someone who identifies himself as a Christian. In 2015, 68% of non-Christians in the UK said that they knew someone who was an active or practicing Christian. But in 2022, that had fallen by 53%. 45% of people questioned believe in the resurrection. 20% of people believe Jesus is the Son of God. And one in three non-Christians wanted to know more about Jesus after a conversation with a Christian. Who is it this week you need to have conversations with? Who is it this week you need to get alongside? Who is it this week you need to reveal yourself to? Because people in your world are on tippy-toe waiting for that to happen. Do you know, Bob Goff, the, one, the other question I was asking was, um, how do we do this? How do we get there? Well, Bob Goff says in his book, um, something or other, everybody always, sorry, trees are planted where they grow, but people are planted where they are loved and accepted. That's how we get there. That's how we show ourselves and reveal ourselves. It's not so much about what we say, because we can all say lots of things that we don't mean or we don't do. But we got to back up what we say with our actions. Do you know, when I was a little girl, my parents, our grandparents had this caravan. So every year we would go in the caravan. Every opportunity we got, we'd head off in our little caravan. And it was a small little caravan. You can all say, aw, especially the last picture, because I had mumps, okay? So everybody go, aw, okay. We went everywhere in this little caravan, and this little caravan, it had two double beds, and on top of one of the double beds, a little single bed fell down to make a single bunk bed. So that was mine. But eventually my brother came along, so we had to kind of squeeze people in a little bit. If my grandparents went with us, it was okay. He had the bottom bunk, I had the top bunk. And then we grew, we got a little bit bigger, I got a little bit bigger, the dog was there as well. And do you know what, our caravan started to burst a little bit. The seams, my brother had a makeshift bed in front of the cooker just to fit us all in. So it was all evident that we had to grow, we had to get bigger. We either had to bigger, build a bigger caravan or do something else. So we decided on an awning. Okay, that was the cheapest option. Now these days awnings kind of look like the bottom picture. But in the 70s, it looks like the top picture. Mines look like this. Lindsay, click. There you go. That's me. Now, okay, you're just laughing. Okay, but do you know what? That awning was luxury. During the day, that awning became our family room where we did life. We did life together as a family, but at night, it was my personal bedroom. Now, I know you are all going, oh, Jillian, you got the wrong end of the stick there, girl. But, you know, the best thing about that was that the bottom picture, I could invite friends. Friends got to come on holiday with me. So that's what happened. I now got to beg, and people were queuing up to see who was going to come in the caravan with me that weekend. Do you know, so friends came along, and there was one such holiday I always remember, and it really sticks in my mind, because this particular holiday, there was a storm brewing. Anybody been in a storm recently? 
Okay, and it was deemed the awning was not safe. But the caravan had no room. So the next best, safest place for us to move to was the boot of the car. Okay, now, you are all laughing, but it was a big car, okay? All the seats lay flat so two teenage girls could get in the boot of the car, okay? So we were safely tucked up into the boot of the car. But the thing I remember about that night was not the storm. It was about how the people came together. You see, that night, every man in that caravan park, able-bodied man, came together. They donned their winter clothes, they took their torches, they took their mallets, and they got together, and in little groups, they patrolled that whole campsite the whole night long. From our vantage point in the back of that car, all we saw were lights moving about. If there was a guideline that it became loose, they tightened it. If there was a shuggly peg, they hammered it in. If there was property that was in danger of flying away, they made it secure. And on top of all these little comforting lights, every now and again, there would be a little tap on our window. And I would hear my dad's voice say, it's okay, girls. We're here. You are safe. You're going to make it through safe and sound. Do you know, in our world, there are people who are going through personal storms. And they need you to shine your light. Do you know, the next morning, the children, we did our part. We got up, we picked up all the broken little bits of twigs and sticks and everything else, gathered them up for a huge big barbecue. The older women cooked and baked and made a feast for these men that had risked life and limb for us that night. We went beyond being total strangers to being family that night. It didn't matter we didn't speak the same language. There was people there from Germany and from France, all over. But that night, somehow we communicated and we stood up and we protected the family. And that's what we as a church and as Christians need to do. We need to shine those lights. Jesus says that we should shine our light before men so that people will see and glorify our Father in heaven. We need to recharge our batteries. I need to recharge my batteries. At times I've become so complacent. I just go into work. I come out of work. I don't know if people even know that I'm a Christian some days. But this is a challenge, not just for you, but for me this morning. God is so challenging me in this word. People need us in their lives. Not only do they need to see us shine, they need to hear the words that God has placed in your heart and mind. They need to hear those comforting words that say, it's okay. We got this. We're here for you. Jesus is here for you. So how do we do that? How do we go about getting people through this journey safe and sound? Do you know in Philippians 4 and 9 it says, Keep putting into practice all that you've learned from me. Everything you've heard me doing and saying, you do. You see, Jesus knew how to grow people. Jesus just loved them. First and foremost, oops, I missed a slide. He valued them. You see, through there in Rise Kids, we are teaching the children that we enlarge our tents by growing like Jesus. And that's what we need to do. We need to love people. We need to value people just like he did. You see, he sees people for who they are. It was a criticism in Jesus, of Jesus 
The Pharisees and the scribes all complained, this man sits with sinners. He eats with sinners. How dare he? He's meant to just be with us, stay in our little world. He's not meant to go out there. But you see, Jesus looks past people's faults. He looks past people's failings. Even Hagar says, he is the God who sees me. It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what persona I put on for the world. Jesus sees the real me. And you know what? He loves the real me. Do you know that radio station that I was listening to this week? They've also been promoting compassion. And there was a man from Compassion who had been through the Compassion program as a child. His name was Richmond. And he said this, poverty began to speak to me as a child. I felt like I was nothing. Nobody cared to even know my name. That's not our Jesus. He knows our names. doesn't matter what your bank account says or what it doesn't say. He knows your name. He's interested in your situation. He loves you. He knows your name. He thinks about you. He loves you. When Jesus looks at you, your neighbors, your friend, that stranger in the street, he knows their name. He knows everything about them. And he absolutely loves them. He looks at them as a father looking at a precious child. He looks at them as an artist looking at a priceless piece of work. And if we have to grow like Jesus, we need to start looking at our people and our lives the same way. They are priceless. They are precious. They have worth. They are of value. And we need to get them through this journey of life safe and sound to their Canaan. Amen. The second thing we were thinking about as well. How do we do that? Lindsay, I think we're a couple of slides on, but how do we do that? Not only did Jesus value people, but Jesus was moved by compassion. If he saw a need, he responded to that need. That's why he's known as the God who supplies all our needs. That's why he is the good shepherd who leaves us lacking for absolutely nothing. That's why he is a present help in times of trouble because he was moved by compassion. He was moved by compassion for the sick, for the hungry, for those in pain, and that's what he asks of us today. So there's a Graham Kendrick song we used to sing that says, soften my heart, Lord, soften my heart. From all indifference set me apart to feel your compassion, to weep with your tears. Come soften my heart, O Lord. Come soften my heart. Jesus is asking us this morning, are we willing to grow at Jesus? Are we willing to let Jesus grow us personally so that we can help grow others? Are we willing to love our neighbors? Are we willing to go that extra mile, to put ourselves out when nobody else will? Are we willing to pray for those that are sick? to help those in need? Will we strive to do good, to seek justice, to help the oppressed, to defend the cause of the orphans, to fight for the rights of the widows? People are waiting. They're on tippy waiting for you to grow up, to be that example of Jesus that he asks us to be. So this morning I'm asking, are you willing? 
Are you willing? If that's you, can you stand this morning? If you're able, just stand and say, God, I'm willing. Grow me, God. Grow me, God, that I might grow others. Grow me, God, that I might be a blessing to others. Grow me, God. Help me, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every person standing, God. And God, I'm standing with them. God, you have given us so much, so much to be thankful for, God. And God, I just pray for every person standing, God, that for what you have given us, that we would give back to you. God, that you would take what you've given us, that you would multiply it in our lives, Father, and you would help us to deposit it into others, Father, that they too can grow, that they too can join us in this journey, that they too can move and flow and arrive safely at their Canaan, Father. For it's not your will that any should perish, but that we all come to that saving knowledge of you. So God, help us. Help us to see through your eyes. Help us to move with your compassion and help us, God, to grow our family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to finish this morning with the words to this song that I've been listening to this week from Zach Williams, and it just says this. Oh, I want to feed the beggar on the street. Learn to be your hands and feet. Freely give what I have received. Lord, let me be. I want to, be, I want to put you first above all else, to love my neighbor as myself. In moments that no one else sees, Lord, help me be. A little more mercy, a little more grace, a little more kindness, goodness, love, and faith. A little more patience, a little more peace. A little more like Jesus, a little less like me. A little more living everything I preached. A little more like Jesus, a little less like me. <laughs>